Welcome to Inflection Point, the path to IPO, an exploration of technology investing trends across private and public markets. Tech investing has been highly specialized in both the public and private spheres, employing different skill sets and strategies depending on stage, sector, and capital structure. As the investing ecosystem grows and matures, new approaches have begun to blur the lines between seed, early stage, venture, growth rounds, and public markets. A crossover investor is a fund that builds a bridge between private equity and public markets. It operates concurrently on both sides, private and public, and in some cases, perhaps most critically, can serve as a cornerstone in the transition from one side to the other. This strategy has propagated globally with subtle distinctions based on region, risk appetite, and ecosystem rigor. We explore these fundamental market shifts in our written report, which will be released with the final episode of this podcast. During our research, we had the opportunity to interview various thought leaders to get their perspective on these dynamics. Though we include some of the key commentary in our written report, we decided there was tremendous value in sharing the audio recordings with you, the listener, to provide an intimate look through the lens of people operating day in and day out in this space. The first six episodes will feature startup founders and executives sharing their perspective on the path to IPO. In the final episode, you'll hear from industry-leading bankers and investors outlining the best practices they've developed through years of experience overseeing the process. We hope you find these conversations thought-provoking and insightful. This podcast was produced by Revaya, an ESG-focused global growth equity investor headquartered in Europe with offices in Paris and Berlin. The following is not intended as financial advice, and Revaya and guests may hold positions in some of the companies referenced during the show. Sander van der Reit is the co-founder and CEO of Austrian scale-up PlanRadar, a digital task management, communication, and reporting tool for the construction and real estate industries. Their latest $69 million Series B from Inside Ventures was the largest ever for a B2B SaaS company in Austria and puts their total funding at over $100 million. Sander and I explore private market multiples, SPACs, and investor guidance. Without further delay, I bring you Sander van der Reit. Hello and uh, welcome, Sander van der Reit uh, from Plan Radar, co-CEO and uh, co-founder. Uh, really excited to talk to you today about uh, crossover investing. So thanks for joining. Of course, nice to meet you and uh, good to be here. Great. Well, I, I figured maybe we could start with a, a little bit of background on Plan Radar. What is it that you guys do? Uh, tell me a bit of the, mm-hmm. the background of the company, kind of what stage you're at, and, and maybe a bit about your customer base. Yeah, sure. So Plan Radar is offering a B2B SaaS solution for like documentation and communication and construction real estate projects or construction real estate industry. So we are basically digitizing the whole quality assurance, information tracking, reporting process in our industry where people used to work pen and paper based and now they're using uh, smartphones or tablets. Great. And um, how long have you guys been around? Um, so we released a product in end of 14, beginning of 15, okay. 
Um, then we did our seed round in early 17, and this year, in the beginning of this year, we did our Series B round. Great. Great. Well, um, I, I, I think you're familiar with the, the term crossover investor, but uh, essentially, in short, it's a, an investor that you know, operates across the, the public and private markets. Uh, here at Revaya, we consider ourselves a, a, a crossover investor. Uh, and so a, a kind of a core component of our investment thesis is uh, you know, sticking with companies beyond uh, late stage rounds, helping them prepare uh, for, for IPO and also sticking with them and following on uh, beyond going public. Uh, so that's kind of core mm -hmm. to, to our ethos. Um, there's a few questions that I'm asking all of the founders and investors that we speak with, which is really just around familiarity with the IPO process. Um, so these first few questions are, are pretty straightforward, almost yes or no questions, but mm -hmm. curious, have you uh, ever participated in an IPO process before, either as a founder, an investor, no. or a banker, or anything like that? Uh, so, our, uh, so me, myself, no. Okay. I would imagine maybe some of your some of your colleagues uh, on, on the executive team have. Could be. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, what what would be your kind of level of familiarity on a scale of one to ten? One being you have absolutely no idea. Ten being uh, you're an expert. You could do this in your sleep. Let's say five. Okay. Okay, that's pretty good. So you you have some familiarity. Um, yes. And and as it pertains to Plan Radar, is an IPO a, a relevant? Uh, to the future of the business? Is this something that you guys consider or think about internally? Uh, in principle, yes. And uh, I think when you have uh, would have asked me this like some months ago, it would be just yes. Nowadays, you know, talking to, to our peers and uh, who are already, you know, public via specs or, or direct. So it's, it's like may, right now maybe considered not that good, but I'm sure that everything will recover over time. So I would say yes. Okay, great. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit from the, the founder point of view. Um, you know, crossover investing is something we, we, we talk about in the, in the VC world quite a bit, and especially at Revaya. Um, from a, a, a founder point of view among you and your peers, uh, are, are you familiar with the category, aware that the category exists? And if so, how would you define a, a crossover investor? Yeah, from my point, so I'm familiar, yes, I think, and from, from my point of view, it's just like, uh, you know, an investor who's, who's like active in public and private markets, most likely it's like the big funds uh, who tend in the last, let's say, 12 to 24 months to, to step in also earlier. So uh, these, these people who drove the high valuations in the, in the last year, right? Sure. Yeah, well, that, that's actually uh, kind of relates to my next question, which is what, what is your perspective on the, the, the private market valuations of the, of the past couple of years? Uh, how has that impacted your ability to raise and your prospect for taking a company public? Um, so in the last, let's say, in the last month, of course, everything changed again, right? But in the period before, there we've seen a very high multiples, like, and it's influenced, you know, by also by the high public multiples, and like normally private should be should be bigger, and there was so much money available, so all of this together was driving the multiples a, a lot. So I would say they have been like double the size of what we see now, like at the at the mid of 2022, and maybe they are somehow back on a on a let's say some some call it normal level right so uh we had an extraordinary situation 
Now, despite the kind of current climate in the markets, let's maybe mm-hmm. project back in the past five or, or 10 years, do you feel that uh, founders in, in the past you know, five to 10 years were interested in the path towards IPO? Is that a popular exit strategy still? Or do you feel that uh, perhaps there, there are other, you know, uh, other strategies uh, like uh, M&A uh, or, or just holding private indefinitely uh, are preferred paths forward for, for yeah. scale-up? Uh, it, really, it, you know, it really depends. Like um, for a lot of people, IPO is an option. But at the end of the day, I think for the founder himself, IPO is maybe not the easiest way, right? So if you, if you go the M&A path, it's like a different thing because normally after an IPO, you know, everybody takes takes the money and run and you you are still there right as a founder you're you're locked and uh, of course depending on the situation and depending on everything but on the other hand it can be a real upside as well so yeah it's i think it's like somehow also the decision if you if you grow organically or you go for vc money so it's two complete different paths and both can lead to success and then it's somehow the same from my point of view for like okay let's go for the ipo or let's go for any MA stuff or grow by yourself forever in terms of the the, the public market strategy uh, what, what from your point of view uh, is necessary to become a public company thinking towards like the the path to ipo or ipo preparedness uh, what, what are some yeah. of the, the key steps there from my point of view, it's essential to have like a, a, a product or service that is easy to understand. So that all that all the people, you know, when you start to roadshow and to promote that every you can get everybody um, easily on board. So I think this is this is one of the key things. And um, at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it became a little bit easier through this whole SPAC stuff or SPAC stuff. Um, but yeah, nowadays also also this trend is let's say how, how should I put in the right words? Uh, let's say it's like not as present as it as it as it, as it was. So yeah, I think that's from my point of view like the main thing: easy to easy to explain, easy to understand, like straightforward, and like then having the right partners and there are plenty of them, you know, to do the whole roadshow and place everything. How do you think about the, those partners uh, specifically? So uh, support from investors, shareholders, uh, if, if you have a, a, a crossover investor on your, on your cap table, uh, how, how do you imagine or envision them helping you uh, take that leap from private to public? Yeah. Um, so we have like inside partners from New York. They are our lead investor. They are like, they somehow act like a crossover. They have also a little part crossover as far as I know, but, um, maybe not, a, let's call it real crossover or something like this, but they act like that, right? So what I expect, um, is of course, you know, as, as these, these funds and these investors, they are doing it more than, than once, right? Uh, or more than one time. And, we as founders normally we do it uh, only once or maybe twice like depending on the founder so what i would expect is of course a lot of guidance and also understanding and and best practice and knowing already like uh, where to go which partners to choose how to set up timetable all and also how to 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 interpret and understand the current market conditions in finding the right timing so i think this this, the, all of this should come by the by the investor who did it already sometimes. 
and also the right people maybe because of course you also need to do the right hires uh, so if you let's say uh, a cfo uh, when you're heading for an ipo is a, is another kind of cfo uh, that you that you normally should have when it's just about you know uh, daily business right you mentioned earlier that you raised a, a series b not too long ago as you look towards um you know the the, the next few steps uh what what are your considerations for future investors as you as you mature as a company as you raise larger funding amounts as you uh, prepare for uh, what could be uh, you know obviously it's uh, unclear at this point but what could be uh, an opportunity to IPO in in the next several years uh, are, are those heavy considerations for the type of follow on investors you'd like to include in in the in you know a Series C round for example. At the moment, it's very hard to say. As uh, right now, the whole environment is is, is changing uh, all the time. So, but for us, we just recently raised our Series B round with 70 million. So we have like enough, uh, you know, firepower. And for us, the focus now it's just growth. You know, like uh, entering in the next like one to two years, like the three-digit million ARR area, and then you know it's like you have all possibilities you can head for like M&A things uh, buy buy companies by yourself you can go for the IPO so you have like all options in hand and I think this is this is the most important thing like to first get there and then see what which which path uh, we will go and then of course you know in our case we with inside partners we have somebody who who is familiar with all uh, the different things that you can do Right. Fantastic. Well, I think that's all the questions I have on my end. If there's anything else that you're mm -hmm. uh, thinking or that came to mind during the, the conversation, feel free to, uh, to close out. Otherwise, uh, we can edit here. And, and thanks so much for your time, Sander. Perfect. Everything's fine. Great. All right. Good to speak with you. Cool. Thank you for joining us for this conversation with Sander van der Reit the co-founder and CEO of Plan Radar. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe and find new episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow along to gain exclusive access to the written report. See you next week for another episode of Inflection Point, Path to IPO.